in this, the final episode from my Midlife AF live AF series that I did in the lead up to the launch of the Aussie Alcohol Experiment for June. In this episode, I'm talking to the sensational Annabelle Stewart, and we are talking about creativity, creativity and mental health, and this episode is called Creative AF. Annabelle also found her alcohol freedom from grey area drinking using this Naked Minds methodology, and we're about to tell you exactly how creativity played into part of that. So over to myself and Annabelle. If you're a woman in midlife whose intuition is telling you that giving booze the elbow might be the next right move, then Midlife AF is the podcast for you. Join counsellor, psychotherapist, this naked mind and grey area drinking alcohol coach Emma Gilmore for a weekly natter about parenting quirky teens, menopause, relationships and navigating this thing called midlife alcohol free. If you're feeling that life could be so much more, that you're sick and tired of doing all the things for everyone else, if your intuition is waving her arms manically at you saying it could all be so much easier if we didn't have to keep drinking, come with me. Together we'll find our groove without booze. Annabelle and I have met which is very exciting I love your background so thank beautiful. you <laughs> you're a fellow uh, Brit originally correct yes yeah I am too yeah yeah and you. Nice to meet you. yeah you too yeah. so I invited Annabelle to be on this live series or my live AF series because um of two things number one that Annabelle is also alcohol free and found her alcohol freedom with using this naked mind which is the same as me um and so there was that and then there's also that Annabelle runs a business um, and runs a coaching business as well uh, around creativity and for me creativity is such an important part of our journey and something as women, we often don't give ourselves enough of. And also for me, going into midlife, I see the, the perimenopause, menopause kind of part of life as being a very creative time. So rather than what a lot of the spin is, is very negative about it. But actually, I see it as a, a time of beginning and a time of creating our you know, what we're going to live the rest of our life like. It's a very exciting time. So that's why I wanted Annabelle to come on. So Annabelle, would you be kind enough to introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit about you? Yes, of course. Emma, thank you so much for having me on today. I've been really looking forward to this and to meeting you and having a good old chat about um, all kinds of juicy stuff. So my name's Annabelle. I'm a Brit. I've been in Australia for, uh, gosh, 15, 16 years. Um, got two gorgeous teenage girls and um, I, I run Paint and Sips in Queensland in Harvey Bay where we are um, and they've taken off massively and I coach other women now to launch their own Paint and Sip business because there's just so much fun to do and be part of and, and I agree there's a, lot of, um, there's a lot of joy and creativity and we very rarely give ourselves 
husband who actually takes some downtime as women and do fun stuff and I get a lot of, uh, I get so much uh, facilitating paint and sips, seeing women connect with friends and or come on their own and do creative fun stuff and just have that little slice of time when they're uh, just not in charge of other people. They're just thinking about themselves and, you know, enjoying colours and you know creating something gorgeous so i really enjoy doing it but i definitely couldn't do it if i was still drinking um and my my kind of um journey to becoming alcohol free i think was a bit similar to yours um i i was a gray area drinker i was never like a fully i don't think i was a fully blown alcoholic like everyone kind of argues about semantics but i was never like pouring vodka on my cornflakes or anything like that and i could quite easily go without drinking at night but if i did have a glass of wine that was it i couldn't stop i didn't seem to have a and i just kept going and kept going and um and i found it really frustrating and i couldn't work out why and this was uh gosh quite a while ago now so 2000 uh, 16 I think um, I tried quite a few times to stop and that I don't know if you've found this Emma but yeah. that's the really scary bit when you yeah. try and stop you think I'll just have one and I'll put it back and you can't and it's like some yeah. kind of weird and takes over and you're like yeah. oh my god uh, I don't actually have a choice I thought I had a choice and yeah. I don't anymore yeah. really really scary for me so um, yeah went through months and months of trying to work out why I couldn't just stop because yeah. I'm quite good at doing what I want to yeah. do and I couldn't seem to yeah so frustrating isn't it it's like oh my goodness i seem to be able to do this in every other area what's going on yeah. <laughs> demon girl takes over your body yeah and, um, and no one talks about it there's so much kind of i don't know weird kind of shame yeah. and society is all caught up in you got to drink to be fun and and i always yeah. saw a fun rebel person yeah uh, yeah you know, good and all that kind of stuff and sober has, or did in the past, have these connotations of being a bit, you know, boring and straight. And well, sober. as a word, as a word, like, what does sober mean? Like, yeah. it means boring, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's how culturally, you know, oh, he was a bit sober, or it was a very sober affair. Yeah. You know, it's all like, you know, you can see where the words have influence on our perception of... And they're not well. positive no. They're not like... On control, you know, other other ways you can think of sober now. It's not that kind of like dignified yeah. control thing. It's boring, you know. That's, that's how it came. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting what you were just saying about freedom because I was literally just saying to a, a friend of mine, it's so interesting the way we turn around freedom because we get into this rebel headspace, and I know I was certainly like considered myself to be a rebel drinking was part of my rebelish image even though I was like nearly 50 <laughs> but I was still like you know cool and I had freedom and then it's that when you realize that actually you, it's controlling you and you're not like for, for me for example I would you know, like all my social events were drinking events and if things weren't drinking events then I didn't really want to do them mm. and it was really interesting because it actually instead of giving me freedom it actually made my life smaller even though I didn't realise it at the time. Yes, totally. That's exactly it. And I had exactly the same thing. I thought that stopping drinking would make my life very small and yeah. very... And the complete opposite happened. That's it exactly right. Much bigger yeah. and more expensive and lighter. And I had so much more choice and agency yes. than I did before. And that was staggering to me. Yes. That, and that amazes me when people say, oh, I couldn't stop drinking. And, and I, yeah... yeah 
don't know what it's like until you've actually been in that position where um, it is kind of, you know, in the driving seat. And that's a horrible place for it to be. And then you, you, you don't take control and it just gives you so much freedom. It's just the biggest life grade I have ever, ever done. Me and too. I never did that, but it's just, it's brilliant. Me There's too. No... Yeah, I was the same. And actually, I went home to see my mum a few weeks ago and she said, oh, it's so good to see you. I know you're not really drinking at the moment. She didn't mean any harm by this. She, yeah. I was like, do you, I bought a bottle of champagne anyway. Do you want some? And I was like, actually, mum, do you know what? No, thank you. I really don't. That would be the last thing I would want to do. <laughs> you go ahead. It doesn't add I any situation. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, confuses, that still confuses a lot of people, especially when I go back to the UK. They kind of feel like they have to tiptoe around and like, are you okay? If we, you know, yeah. do you mind if we... I, I seriously, I don't care what you do. <laughs> I don't feel like you've got the fun stuff and I've got the boring stuff. I don't, I don't pick people that still drink, but I feel very, I, I know that my life is infinitely better without booze. And I can definitely um, uh, credit Annie Grace. And there was a few people that I was kind of looking around because back in 2015 and 16, there wasn't an awful lot of alcohol no. stuff. There was no, there wasn't. Called Holly, I can't remember her surname. Yes, she was amazing. Yeah, and quit like a woman. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's right. And she hadn't written the book at the time, but she had a website. No. I knew, and I was like, uh, just like clawing with my fingernails, trying to find little crumbs that it would be okay and cool. Yeah. and it was like a good thing to do, not a so sad, desperate. I'm an alcoholic, and I'm end of the road kind of thing. But yeah. It's not Got good stuff around it, and Holly Whitaker and Annie Grace gave yeah. me a little of light into yeah. that whole. Uh, if you flip your head around, yeah. you're not acting out. You're actually just Gaming. opening up your entire world yeah. by getting. And it is really hard. You know, it took me like, gosh, I don't know, like four or five goes for it to really yeah. stick. Doesn't Was it? Yeah. No, not at all. Not. Yeah. At all. And you really do have to change your perspective. It's kind of going from that restriction to that abundance, yes. you know, where you're coming from. Like the world, you know, there's so much to offer. Not you're not you're not constricting. You're expanding. It's, yes. That really helps. I think. Yeah. yeah, but I can't. I just I cannot list how many ways my life's improved. My health's improved. Yeah. I think the the hardest shittiest thing is um, the guilt. I think the waking up every morning thinking, oh my God, I really myself. I wouldn't drink again. And I broke that promise That's to myself. And that, that I really, um, that was really hard on my kind of self-love, you know? Yes. That was, I was really hard on myself because of that. Yes. Um, Me too. Yeah. And I think as mum, we're really good at guilt and beating ourselves up and yeah. um, and not having that anymore. Just going, oh, it's that I'm rocking it and it feels yeah. awesome it's just i feel so proud of myself and it's Me just too. i feel like i'm in this cool secret society yeah. where you know we get it life is so much better and it's a superpower not no one's missing out on it yeah 100% yeah i love that too i really love what you said about that that's how i feel too Good. is it your story mm -hmm. did you just decide it was kind of getting out of control how did it how did it come about for you uh for me i I think I'd spent about two years when it started. To, it was like you were saying, it's at three o'clock in the morning, waking up, being an asshole to myself yeah. and just being so mean 
and just and starting to my kids had started to say stuff like don't bring wine into the bedroom when you're putting us to bed um you it makes us feel a bit anxious i'd had a couple of things happen i'd um fallen into a rose bush i wasn't particularly drunk either but my discharge note said pissed <laughs> and into a rose bush <laughs> which was shameful <laughs> Thing, isn't it? <laughs> and just lots of little things and then I think I had um I really and then I'd been doing the dry July sober Octobers and I kept thinking I've, I, there was some tiny little bit of intuition in me that was going I think this is something you need to look at and I think <laughs> Joe's laughing at me and, and I think this is um something that could be are really that this is something that we need to do it's like an, a tiny little voice that i was not listening to very much was mm. saying you need to listen to me and that was I kept trying i remember i was always trying to do more than like i'd try and do eight weeks and i couldn't do i could only ever do six weeks and again it was always really painful i always was you know and then i found this naked mind i started listening to annie's podcasts and then um I did the alcoholic experiment in January 2020 um, and I decided to do a year. And within two weeks of doing that program, I a few of those mindset shifts really changed. And I remember, I think my biggest thing that I believed was that I loved the taste of wine. And I really believed that as clear as, you know, like as like the sky being blue to me was like I love the taste of wine and then I, re I kind of really reflected on it and I was like actually most of the time I pour a glass of wine it actually doesn't live up to my expectations which now I know is the dopamine effect mm -hmm. but like so you always you, you your mind thinks that it's going to be nicer than it is because that's how it keeps you wanting it and but so I'd always be like, oh, I'm going to get this really great wine glass of wine. It's going to taste amazing. And it would always, it would be okay. And sometimes I'd, I'd really have to kind of chug through it to get what I was looking for. And every once, every four weeks, I'd have maybe, I'd say maybe a glass of wine that really lived up to the expectations, which made me then go, actually, that's not really true. I don't really love the taste of wine. Like occasionally I get a glass of wine that tastes really good, but most of the time I'm getting a glass of wine that doesn't taste as nice as I thought it was going to. Yeah. And then it made me kind of go, okay, well, if that's not true, what else? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not true. I did realise that dopamine actually is a promise of that's uh, it. feeling. It's not that's actually a good feeling. It's a promise no. of something good. It's very sneaky. It's Wait. very sneaky. It's it's the drive. It's the it's the power. The the propellant to do something as yeah. opposed to you know it's like to make you want to do something. Very yeah. interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So yeah, that was really interesting how you unravelled yeah. that it wasn't actually living up to the promise. And I think for a lot of it, when we put it under a magnifying glass, it's really clear that it's not actually. Yes. The, the you know the, the sort of the cons far outweigh the pros absolutely. it's not close to the, the even you look at it yeah that's so, it but our precious little nervous systems our unconscious brains don't really understand that so we yeah. like oh yeah we know it but it's like how do you get your unconscious your 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 nervous system so when you're dysregulated how do you get that part of you to kind of 
come along, come on board on the journey that you're actually on. I think that's the difficulty a lot of the time. I think it really is. And I've found out since that um, myself and a lot of my family, we all, there's a lot of neurodiversity in our family. And that's really Same. interesting as well, that there's a lot of like, it's a way of kind of like just, uh, you know, kind of like self-medicating, like calming totally. yourself down when you get heightened and a bit... Totally and all that kind of stuff it's you know it's very easy i think for neurodiverse people to yeah to use it in that way too which i didn't know about at the time it doesn't really make no it's not really but um so interesting i was talking to lisa cordoff yesterday on one of these lives and we were talking about exactly that and i was saying that in my client base it's i would suggest undiagnosed or diagnosed 90% 90% of the people that I work with are neurodivergent. Oh, yeah. That is so interesting. Um, so or have, have had some kind of small T um, or big T uh, trauma, yeah. yes. um, which symptoms present the same way yeah. as a lot of neurodivergent symptoms as well. So, yeah. And that's interesting. Yeah. That, well, like, probably just a massive um, percentage of the population have some kind of trauma, like small T or like. Yeah. Whatever it is for them, like a lot of people go, I know I've got it good compared to, you yeah. know, like this situation. But it doesn't matter if you have, How trauma, it affects you. You have trauma and, you know, drinking can be can feel like a way of dealing with that. Exactly. I, I know for me it got to it really got to a point when the kids were quite little. I think they started primary school oh. um, and my husband worked away like months on months off. And I found it really just so overwhelming having oh. small. I love them so much. But yeah. So full on, and for me, it was a way of. This sounds awful, but it was a way of leaving yeah. without physically. Yeah. I could have a few and kind of float off and not be so responsible and so kind of yeah. like overwhelmed. Everything yeah. about being a parent on my own. Um, totally. Yeah, totally. It's sad. And again, yeah. well, not really, because again, neurodivergent people, we feel things incredibly strongly so you know we're hypersensory and when we're in a place to fight or flight because we're looking after our babies which we're in high anxiety anyway you know everything's huge right so you know i was saying to some of my group because a lot of that's a lot of the time when women um, drink is like you say it's like comes to like five o'clock at night everything's going batshit crazy you're completely overwhelmed yeah and you know i was saying you know has anybody here tried putting headphones on because it's or even just getting that sound you know noise cancelling just because your nervous system's dysregulated and of course we're using the thing that we think is going to calm us down because that's what that's all we know right and society keeps telling us you know mummy juice and yeah mummy's and there's all this really annoying this kind of like enabling of mums to drink to cope with their lives which is just that's right in order for us to keep doing to keep on yeah. with this yeah. um unfulfillable expectation yeah and it is so hard and i found when i um eventually kind of like the when i stopped drinking you know through any grace and you know finding yeah. all these awesome supports um i kind of did it cold turkey because there wasn't really any online stuff i don't think at the time yeah. i just all the quick lit and just i had any grace yeah. next to bed this naked yeah. mind and referring to it um but i found what really worked for me was at five or six o'clock i would if my husband was away i would stick the kids in front of peppa pig or whatever it was and i would get in the bath and and looking back now i think i like the pressure there there must have been some 
sensory, yeah, the water yeah. thing. And they're just, I would, it was a different way to yeah. escape that I actually needed. And that just helped me get over that. It was still hard later yeah. on, but that helped over that really tricky bit. Um, I, yeah. It's in front of screens, but it, you know, oh, I needed gosh. to do it that we time. We do what we need to do, right? I'm a, I'm a big proponent in looking after ourselves first. <laughs> it's, um, it, I, I, I have the same with water. Baths were a really big part of my journey too. And my daughter, who is is autistic and has very big experiences of life and sense, standing in the shower is a massive help for her in regulating her nervous system as well. And so is creativity. Like creativity is another thing that's just an amazing way to regulate our nervous systems yeah. too. And it was really interesting because... A lot of the reason that people say they struggle with alcohol is because they get bored. And I think boredom and creativity have a really interesting dynamic. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, because for me, boredom is something that we've made bad because, you know, uh, our families would have said to us when we were kids, you know, if you're bored, I'll give you something to be bored about. And there was all this sort of connotations of laziness and, you know, could be getting on with something, could be being productive. But actually boredom is a time when our, when our brain fires off. If you look at MRI scans of people who are bored, you see that it, the creativity part of their brain that comes on board. And I thought that was really, it's really quite interesting because I think from a perspective, of people who are potentially looking for something to help when they're having that like itchiness of boredom and what boredom really is that creativity is actually about to spark if we let it that's so cool i had no idea that um yeah i, I have heard that boredom is a great way for kids you know let kids be bored because it lets the creativity mm. and whilst mm. we're my daughter's recently got a diagnosis my teen daughter of um autism yeah and she it's so hard to get into the shower, or she was when she was young. Yes. Once you got her in, you got her out. Yes. And the same with the swimming pool. She'd just be in the pool for just hours, yes. singing to herself. Yeah. And, wow, it's like water is this magic ingredient yes. that really, you know, it must be, yeah, whatever it is. So that's really interesting. But going back to the creativity, I have found that, um, that for me, being creative is really healing. And I found that with a lot mm. of people who belong to my things as well. Yes. We kind of first in this kind of creative flow and it's it can be hard to get into if you're um like a lot of people that come to me say i love being creative but i just don't get the opportunity because there's yeah. no space there's kids stuff all over the table and there isn't space at home so they love it when there's a kind of um a paint and sip or an organized event yes. it's just two, two and a half hours where someone has just said here's all the stuff you need to do yes uh, creative thing and i I'll show you step by step to do it. And people are often quite nervous and it takes some courage, but then they start getting into it. And you can see they're just, it's like, like this amazing mindfulness. They're really enjoying the transformation of the colors yeah. on the, and they're just in this own, their own little bubble of, you know, creating. Um, and it kind of takes your mind off the hook. So a lot of the people I work with, a lot of the women that come along say, it's just so healing. It's so yes. uh, kind of regulating when we, mm. We get in the creative flow. And also what's interesting is our brains are actually designed to make a thing. We're designed to make things with our hands, which is why blokes find it so great to do the, you know, the men's sheds and that kind of yes. stuff. Most of our work, we're never done. We're never finished. We're always, yeah. there's always a way. Um, but making a thing like crocheting or, you know, painting yes. or whatever it is, you're like, I've made 
big thing. Yes. And it's incredible yes. for your brain to do repetitiveness of doing it and then having a tangible result yeah. at the end. Yeah. yeah. I really get that. I really get that. I used to, I did fine art as my uh, degree and my master's. Oh, wow. And then went off and did other things and have not really done it since. Over COVID, I did a little bit of life drawing, um, which I really enjoyed. But again, it's, I haven't really made the time for it that I would like to, but I can see how healing it can be, how regulating it can be. It makes so much sense to me that it would be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's an opportunity there to do something around the five, six o'clock mark. So I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, paints, not paints it, but, you know, paint and chat or, yeah, an online thing for to kind of distract the people that at that time normally would be drinking. A great idea, actually, is like come online and do a an, art, yeah. an arctic session. I love that. Maybe yeah. that's the next thing. <laughs> There we go. Oh, that's another business idea. <laughs> For you, Annabelle. Um, what was I going to say to you something else? That when you were talking about creativity and you were talking about people being able to get offline and being able to focus on something, again, I imagine that you get some kind of dopamine hits as well from doing that in a nice, healthy way too. Yeah, totally. I find myself um, painting when I should be doing other stuff. I'm very lucky we've got a sort of door in the back garden that we've converted into a studio Beautiful. and quite I have so much I need to be doing but I'll find myself out there just I'll just touch this one up and I'll just do a little yeah. bit because it's just so soothing and it just yeah. feels so kind of magical and just I don't know transporting for me I put on music or an audiobook yes. and paint something and it just makes me feel just but it's been a really good place doing that that yeah. and I found like you know, thinking to stop drinking, yeah. getting safe, moving my body, although that's, you know, pretty hard and yes. creativity and yeah, all those things really, really helped, I it, think. with them. It's huge, isn't it? Tell, tell me a little bit about your creative journey and how you've ended up doing what you're doing now. Yeah, I'd love to. I've always been creative and um, massively creative as a child, like mm. was bored as a child that kind of like growing up yeah. in the 80s and that kind of benign neglect that you get with you know <laughs> our generation yeah. um so, so yeah there's a lot of outdoor stuff and a lot of um creativity and making things and creating things and then didn't really do much with it worked for corporates and blue chips in my 20s at microsoft Vodafone, and then went traveling and then worked on white boats because i love traveling so much i got a job yeah like yeah working on boats um, met my now husband and yeah. settled in Australia and got into the whole kids thing and just did a few sort of admin kind of jobs here. Um, but I was really missing the creative side of stuff. Mm. I found it hard to give myself permission for the longest time. I found it really, really hard when life was busy to yeah. give myself permission to go and do stuff. Yeah. But, you know, I still have my sketchbook and my watercolours and I treasured all my bits and pieces and I've dragged them all over the world. Oh. Um, and then finally, when we bought this house a couple of years ago, it had this donger in the garden, and we weren't sure what to do with it. Um, it's just like a junk room for ages. And then yeah. um, I had a friend's, uh, we had a get together, and I showed people how to make some macrame things, and it was a real hit. And I've been kind of casting around for a way of making some extra money, because I love travel, yeah. I'm a bit addicted to travel. Yeah, um, why not? 
Yeah. And there's, you know, there's enough money for life, but there's never enough, there never seemed to be enough for the travel fund or we build it up and then something would happen yeah. and we'd get depleted again. And we didn't get back to the UK. I'd like, so I wanted a kind of side hustle that would top that up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I fell into doing creative parties and paint and sips and just started kind of dabbling in it. And it just really, really took off. And I wasn't sure if there mm. was kind of like the demand for it in this, it's quite a sleepy sort of Queensland town where I am. Um, not you know massively wealthy or huge or anything yeah. like that it's just been really really popular yeah. I think a lot of people just want something different to do that isn't going to the pub yeah um, you know and it's yeah. really have that option yeah. so it's just really taken and for work socials and um, birthdays and hens and all kinds of stuff it's just a lot of fun so yeah, yeah really that sounds amazing actually i can really see that that would be brilliant and even for like intoxicated groups and things like that to come along to as well because you bring your own drinks don't you do you bring your own drinks is that how it works yeah well i do some in my studio and that's byo because you i can't with queensland licensing laws you yeah. can't perform any alcohol and um, so quite often people will bring like champagne or their favorite cans of cider but i've also found that quite a lot of people at the end they'll go oh my god I forgot to drink my drink I was having so much yeah, fun right. I bought this like yeah. special I didn't even drink it which I kind of like secretly go ha ha you know so yeah. you really in this little bubble yeah which is so interesting so but then other ones I do at local venues and tapas restaurants and stuff um and there's usually the first drink included there or people like buy a drink as they go along so there's different yeah. ways of doing surprisingly few people really drink an awful lot like i i'm in a few like memberships and groups of women that share ideas and designs and stuff and some people have horror stories of guests getting plastered and not being able to paint <laughs> um i've luckily never probably have been me back oh. in the day <laughs> <laughs> yeah. frustrated that i couldn't kind of like do yeah. it how it is. Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah, yeah that's my my journey and it's just I love it that it's so kind of scalable so I've got some friends who just do it they do like one or two a month and it's a few extra hundred dollars here and yeah. there and it fits really well in with their families and then someone like me who after I think it was only two or three months I'm like this is making good money I was making yeah you can make between yeah five and ten thousand a month so I gave it gave up my job at the local council and just went full-time and yeah I love it i love it i i would do it like sun up till sundown if i could i just really enjoy it but there's no way i could do it if i was still drinking absolutely none at all i just wouldn't have the energy like i don't know about you but i really noticed the biggest thing was how much energy i got when i stopped drinking i hadn't yeah. realized it was and how much it was sapping my energy yeah well it's interesting isn't it because i think you either go one of two ways and i was exhausted when I stopped drinking and I was exhausted for about six months and I think that was because I had been running in fight or flight for so many years and pushing through it all with alcohol which I find a lot of women find themselves in that situation so it's either I've suddenly got loads of energy or actually I've got to heal yeah. first yeah yes and yeah then I get the energy but for, I think one of the things for me is the ideas thing you know like when I used to have an idea, I wouldn't necessarily follow it through in the same way. Whereas now, if I have a creative idea for something, 
I'll be like, okay, quickly, let's get that. Let's just get that down somewhere. Let's do that. And let's see if we can make that work. And there's just that expansiveness of following through. Whereas I think when I was drinking that so many things would just flutter into, you know, nothing, you know, like little sad little butterflies falling on the floor. Oh, I know. I just, I just made it really sad. <laughs> Like I can't count the amount of times I don't remember going to bed, or I kind of like I yeah. stagger into. Ah, uh, me too. Yeah, yeah, just being rubbish and yeah, such a yeah, such a yeah. waste of an evening, but understandable as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's so um, I I'm very loath as well. I I try and be very careful not to equate it to a way for women to be more productive because that can be a tendency as well people are like i want to stop drinking and i'll be more productive i'm like my god we're already so fucking productive <laughs> we are doing don't make this don't make this another <laughs> to get you to do more the only reason you're drinking is to stop you from having to do all this stuff a lot of the time <laughs> i think Actually, as well, it would give me a little burst of energy sometimes. I That's think it. sugar That's and hydration. So having like, if I had like an apple juice or something else at that time, that would give me the same sugar rush that I'd get quite often. Yeah, that's a really, really good, good point. And in fact, one of my clients used to have an apple as well on the way oh, home. Yeah. She could just get the sugar to yes. come in. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really, really good one as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's fascinating that you've gone on this journey and... That also you're still practicing your creativity yourself and I think giving other human beings the opportunity to take that time out and like you say it's not that they're having to make space in their own homes or clean up the mess or have all the stuff it's just such a lovely um, a lovely thing to do and it's something nice as well that people can do if they're um, not drinking but they've got drinking friends too so it's something you can kind of both do together that's not um going to the pub which is great yeah. too, i think yeah exactly and a lot of friends that come along and catch up at my sessions um they don't even really notice notice if they're drinking it's kind of a thing to do whilst they're catching up yes so i've got ladies that come to almost every session i do at a local restaurant each month um and they're psychologists and they don't oh, wow. really care about the painting they, they just want to they say it's their therapy they just paint yes like just connect with each other and it's just their little slice of time Ooh. kind of like let their brains off the hook a little bit yeah I love, and I love that yeah I really like seeing it's just that little bit of self-care when we're struggling to find the time because it is it's so hard to justify taking time for yourself at home but if you pay for a ticket and you got oh, you'll do it you're gonna do, do it, it. Gonna, yeah that's exactly right yeah. that's exactly right and it's really interesting you say that because for a lot of us, I mean, we know that connection is really important. A lot of people are quite drinking with connection, yes. even though it's kind of like the opposite, like so many things about, drink, about drinking. But what's really interesting, I think what you're saying is, it, and it's a bit like when you do art therapy or anything where you're using your hands or you're using that creative part of your brain, it allows you to access um, parts of yourself and parts of your psyche that you weren't you weren't you aren't able to access normally and the other thing like with it allows us to be if we're doing something it feels more comfortable to be able to talk about things and when we're connecting with people 
it's a really really nice way to do that it's like you know when you've got your teenagers and you have you, you talk to them while you're driving or you talk to them while you're walking or you have to be doing something else yeah. right otherwise yes that's right that's yeah. right and I find swimming when I'm swimming I chat oh. Um, when I'm swimming with friends I chat and it's really nice because I'm doing something else and we have these amazing conversations but we're not necessarily like sitting opposite each other drinking. How lovely. Yeah I love it. <laughs> I read a really interesting thing recently about how some women almost avoid catching up with friends because friends and women sometimes uh, kind of look up when their friend when their kids are a bit older they look up and go where are my friends gone? Yeah. And they're have been really good at keeping their boy connection going because they don't play golf or they do this yeah. kind of like low-key but regularly but for women because we're so good at um being you know we're so emotionally articulate and we we look after each other so much sometimes yes. we don't have the bandwidth to connect yes. like, wants to catch yes. up. Sometimes i just you know it's so lovely to see her but i just don't have the energy yeah. to kind of be yeah. there for her and yeah. to explain all that's going on. and we actually sometimes so quite often we kind of um we actually were left a little bit bereft at the end of our journey because we haven't managed to keep our connections going so um so having a way of connecting that is less intense i think that's why it's so yeah. popular to catch yeah. up when they're paying it's very low demand so yeah. not connected of you you're there to paint with your mate yeah but happen to generally have a really good chat whilst you're doing it yeah and um do find even with my guests that quite often we get into really interesting conversations. I think yeah. it's the same day because there's no expectations, there's no eye contact, yeah. and you're accessing different parts of your brain. You do chat in a different kind of way. It's a very yeah. open kind of um, way of connecting, and it's just a bubble. It's very finite. You're there for three hours, two and a half yeah. hours. So yeah, it's per it the perfect amount of time for me. Yeah for anything yeah i find now since i've stopped drinking i now am allowed to only do things for two three hours and that's my perfect amount of time oh, when i drank i would be able to stay at things for ages and now i realize that that was like i was drinking to enable myself <laughs> to stay <laughs> but two to three hours is just an ideal i find for my personal peopling skills yeah that's, i think there's something well about as we approach this part of our lives as well like I'm in my early 50s mm. and I found a lot of friends are saying I feel like I'm just waking up I feel like I'm just kind of like yes reading the last 20 years and where am I and who and what's going on and it's like we have like you said it's kind of awakening where we're yes. um kind of ready for the next stage the next chapter and we there's a lot less people pleasing and there's a lot more kind of it kind of feels okay to honor ourselves more and um a lot more wisdom like it's actually a really powerful thing i think time so true yeah i think so true like yeah yeah it, being 20 is so much so exciting but just so filled with angst and you know there's so many insecurity things yeah. and yeah and you're such a baby still like I, I i look back at myself in my 20s and i'm like oh my god i was such a baby still i, I can't believe i was allowed to be out <laughs> doing stuff by myself <laughs> And the things I did when I was drinking, I'm like, oh my god, like I, I never do I that. I live like some of the things are just so oh my bonkers. My god, I know. We I know the amount that we sanction drinking and kind of encourage it is just bonkers. Yeah. It's yeah. just so undignified and it's dangerous. Yeah. And there's you know a lot of risk yeah. around women and yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. It's um the amount of 
situations that I put myself in when I was drinking was just incredible. But I think also, like, for me, I think I was generally quite impulsive anyway, and that sort of really mm. didn't, you know, <laughs> didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> Reducing my risk-taking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Skin you and me, I can so relate. Yeah. To that. Yeah. <laughs> I love meeting ex drinkers because it's like, okay, so we get each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know we would have been friends. This is yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably would have been very it's... close together. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Well, it's been such a delight to speak to you. And, and I'm so sorry that um, we weren't able to connect before this time, but I'm so glad we have. Yeah, me too. Um, it's lovely to chat. Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure we'll, I feel like our paths will cross again in the future. I don't know why. I've just got a very good vibe about that. Um, but before we go, Annabelle, would you be kind enough to share with everybody um, a little bit about you know, where they can find you, what things you're offering, um, what your business is for anyone who wants to connect with you after this. And obviously, when we make this into the podcast episode, which will be in a few weeks time, I will also include all of Annabelle's information in there as well. And Annabelle, send me anything else that you want me to put in there too. Okay, lovely. Thank you so much, Emma. Um, yeah, so uh, my company is Get Off Your Arts. And which you I can love. find it. On Great name. Yes, yeah, it's a bit of <laughs> You'll find it on social media um, as Get Off Your Arts AU on Insta and on Facebook. Um, and yeah, my website's getoffyourarts.com. Um, and I just, yeah, I do paint parties and I coach other women who want to set up their own paint parties and paint and sip. So it just, it's a, it's a very low cost, low or no risk way of kind of facilitating other women to have fun. And yeah, just make a bit of money on the side, and it can just be as big as you like. But it's a lot of fun, and there's a uh, there's there's quite a lot of support in America. It's quite a big thing there, but it's growing in Australia. And there's just yeah, I've got quite some great information about where to get the best um, supplies and products that's very Australian specific. So yeah, I just Brilliant. love to. Oh, and I do have a thing. On my website about um i've got a great freebie at the moment called five steps to get your first paint party done so it's just yeah, a little step-by-step -step thing which has been popular so if anyone wants that they can just hop on getoffyourarts.com and grab it there amazing thank you so much it's been so lovely chatting with you have a beautiful rest of your day thank you. and i look forward to catching up with you again thanks emma it's been really lovely to chat i hope to you talk too. again soon. all right okay lovely before you go, I just want to let you know about my webinar that I am doing this Wednesday, Wednesday the 2nd of August. It is about how to break the cycle of, you know, drinking, um, being mean to ourselves, making vows that we're never going to drink again, and then drinking again at five o'clock in the evening. So if you're interested in understanding how to break that cycle, I am going to be revealing four amazing tools to break the cycle. They're so different to what you'd expect they're going to be, 100% matrix-like. I encourage you to join the program. It's only an hour long, and it's the real fundamental of how you go from fixated 
to liberate it with booze. See you there. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Midlife AF with Emma Gilmore. If you enjoyed it, please share on Instagram for your friends and tag me at Hope Rising Coaching. If you want to help me grow the podcast, please review the episodes for me on Apple Podcasts. That really helps. If you would like to work further with me, please go to my website, www.hoperisingcoaching.com for my free and paid programs or email me at emma at hoperisingcoaching.com. Sending a massive cuddle to you and yours from me and mine. And remember to keep choosing you.